Hello, welcome back. It is a new episode and it's been ages. I am really excited that you're back with me. A lot has changed for me, probably not for you so much. Um, basically, the podcast has changed location. It is no longer with Elder Radio, but it's now with RTL Today, which if you've been listening to this podcast um, on Spotify or wherever online, iTunes, whatever, it makes literally no difference to you. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast on eldo.lu, well, <laughs> you're not hearing me say this right now because it's no longer there. So um, head on over to RTL today, which is where we are now located. Exciting stuff. I've been having a hard time coming up with um, what episode to do next because it's been a rough time, let's be honest. Let's be honest, all of us say, guys. It's been a hard time. And striving for happiness seems, to say the least, um, like quite the mammoth task at this moment. So it just felt a bit disingenuous doing another podcast on what can we do to be happier in life when right now all I want to do is figure out a way to stay off the sofa, like just not spend my entire day in bed. Um, and yeah, I've been having a hard time trying to find that. But then I came across something <laughs> that I am really excited to get to share with you because actually I think it is a game changer. It's kind of the bare minimum that we can do for ourselves and it it just helps massively. Now, if you have heard of this before, you might have some preconceptions and I'm begging you, please bear with me as we go through this. Um, the thing I want to speak about today is self-compassion. And no, it is not as wanky as it sounds. Isn't that a little wanky? No, it's not wanky. Okay, stop saying wanky, guys. Come on, come on, like stay on board. Give me some... I don't know, never mind. Hi, and welcome to my goddamn quest for happiness. I am Anne Klein, actor, comedian and life coach. Okay, sure. This podcast is all about happiness. What makes us happy? What makes some people happier than others? And why can't I get it? I've been reading a lot of books. I've been talking to many, many people, watching lots of YouTube videos, rabbit hole, and I have discovered a few things and I would love to share just that with you. Self-compassion is like the kind of saviour that is there for us when nothing else works because I, as much as I do love the episode on gratitude and I love all these practices and how to be a luckier person and whatnot, you kind of need some kind of um, strength already within you to manage to take that step and self-compassion is what comes in when you are really low, <laughs> like when you're suffering that's when this helps and I think that could be great for a lot of us right now. I will get into what self-compassion is in more detail but the overarching idea is that we treat ourselves like we would treat a friend like just be kind to yourself is kind of the tldr too long don't read and i want to start by addressing some concerns that people might have around this because um i can already hear you guys i know you think i'm just sat here i'm stood actually in a, a studio on my own and i don't hear your thoughts but i can hear them i can hear them from one mile away. Oh, Anne, 
basically, I think one of the main reasons why we don't like self-compassion, why we don't like being kind to ourselves when things are tough is because we think our self-criticism is a motivator. If I start being kind to myself, then what is going to motivate me to actually get off the couch and do something? If I tell myself I'm a piece of shit for eating that other piece of cake, then I will be so, I feel, I'll feel so berated and I'll feel so sad that I'm going to stop eating that piece of cake. But actually, when has that last worked for you? Honestly, I, I wonder. So yes, we see self-criticism as a way to help us get off our butts and do something for ourselves. But actually, um, research shows quite the opposite. Um, research shows that self-criticism is actually making us feel more anxious and feel more depressed and uh, it's actually negatively impacting our performance. And so you are also less likely to look at what you've done wrong because if the moment you notice you've made a mistake or you've not done something that you should have done or you have a character flaw or whatever, if you know that that second your self-critic comes in and is just going to make you feel really, really shit about yourself, then how likely are you to admit to having done something wrong? Like, probably not very. If you want to protect yourself, you're just going to pretend it's everybody else's fault, not your own. Um, and also, you're going to feel so shit about yourself and so low about yourself that you're going to need even more energy to pick yourself up and do the things that you should be doing. So, well, although I do have to say, <laughs> um, I do have to say that Obviously, we have noticed in the past that berating ourselves or having a, a strong self-critic has helped for us. We've all had parents that have been... We've all had, but <laughs> we, we probably all know someone who's been really harsh on us, like a parent or a teacher or a coach or whatever, who has been like who we feared. And then that motivated us to do the work. So motivated from fear, we were like pulling ourselves together because we didn't want to get berated by them. Um, and so, it, yes, it does work, but only to a certain extent I don't want to like pretend it doesn't work at all because everyone has like is probably going to say well from experience I know that it has worked in the past sometimes but it only takes you so far and that is what's going to lead to burnout and that is also not intrinsically motivated stuff like that is on the long run in the long run at the long run within the long run from the long run um <laughs> in the long run it's really not going to be helpful to you and also um how fun is that like how much fun is success if you got it because you were afraid the entire time i, I think not very i think and with self-compassion you are much more likely on the other hand to be able to give yourself constructive self uh, constructive criticism so one is like um with your self-critic it tends to be really judgmental and just telling you you're terrible if you don't you're worthless and 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 a shit human being and you don't deserve to be on this planet if you don't do the thing you should be doing and with self-compassion actually you're criticism is much more constructive you're much more likely to look at the situation objectively and really see what you could have done differently where you know where things went different from how they could have and you're much more likely to then change something to it you're also more likely to accept um, your responsibility in the whole situation because it doesn't mean you're suddenly worthless you have a much more stable sense of worthiness and you will be much more open to looking at what you could do to improve your your performance so actually even though instinctively we feel like the opposite is true we feel like if we're harder on ourselves we'll do more if i'm too kind to myself i'll just do nothing research science guys guys science 
no, that, I did not pronounce that right, science and, um, <laughs> and studies, which I don't know if you know this, but I love studies, have shown the opposite to be true. So actually, you can trust research with their findings that actually we, we are much more likely to, to be motivated and change and look at ourselves objectively and beneficially affect our performance if we are kind to ourselves. Wow, that was long-winded. But hey, I'm glad I got it out. It had to be said. You know, another thing, another worry we might have around self-compassion is that that we think society doesn't really accept self-compassion. And I suppose that might be true because there's so many misconceptions around it. People might think we're being self-indulgent, we're a wimp. Um, People think it's not scientific, which I have just disproved. Well, I've not really proved anything, but I've said it. We think it's selfish to to be self-compassionate. You're just thinking about yourself, which actually is not true. You're much more likely to be open to thinking about other people if you because you have the resilience and the inner strength to be there for others uh, if we are self-compassionate. And we might think uh, it means we're not taking responsibility for our flaws or for our mistakes. And we think that we might not have earned the right to be self-compassionate. You know, what if I don't like myself very much? Like, why should I be kind to myself if I think I'm a horrible human being. Um, And, uh, well, I've got nothing to say to that. If you're a horrible human being, this episode is not for you. No, but the idea is, obviously, self-compassion is coming at this thing uh, 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 from this idea of everyone deserves self-compassion, because just by virtue of being human... We deserve to have our suffering acknowledged. You know, it, it sounds like entitlement, but it's not at all. And I, I, maybe I've gone on too long without actually explaining what self-compassion is. And um, that might not have been super clever. But why don't you just come back to this bit of the podcast once I've explained the rest? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Anyway, um, none of those things are actually true, and I will get to that. But... Let's um let's look at what self-compassion is. So, as I said earlier, self-compassion is basically, in a nutshell, it's how would you treat a friend? Like, if you listen to the voices in your head and how you talk to yourself, 76% of people are actually significantly more compassionate towards others than they are towards themselves. That is a hell of a lot of people, if you ask me. So, we, are, we have no problem being kind to someone else. If we notice they're suffering, they're having a hard time, we try and make them feel better better but if we are oh boy oh boy do we get mean like we say things to ourselves we wouldn't even necessarily say to our enemies like we have no problem being really really harsh on ourselves but self-compassion is saying how do you treat a friend and could you treat yourself in the same way and also not just what do you say but how do you say it like your tone of voice has a lot to do with it because if you say oh it's fine it's fine it's gonna it's gonna pass um it's not really that reassuring you're not you, you also don't talk to your friend like that you probably don't say hey don't worry pal you'll be fine i have never spoken to anyone in that way <laughs> but just uh, imagine how you talk to your friends and then and then just do that compassion is not pity so we can worry that compassion might become self-indulgent but it won't pity could be that self-pity is that it's like oh me me so you know I'm, I'm alone with my problems but compassion actually requires empathy to be present so we need to understand that we are all connected and we are all humans and with that share a certain suffering or whatever it it Pity involves looking down on someone else and there is a separation and compassion really has community in it. So self-kindness is there as a 
contrast to self-judgment. Um, if we are kind to ourselves, we come from a place of care. We take care of ourselves. We are actively soothing and comforting ourselves. And it, it, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but actually, like, saying, hey, there, there. <laughs> like, what do you need right now? Is, is something... It's a very different voice to the one that's judging you. If I'm if I'm feeling really low today and I'm I'm tired, I haven't slept well, and I feel shit about myself, self judgment is like, why can't you fucking get it together? And self kindness is saying, I realize that you're having a hard time. It must be really hard feeling so low right now. Like I acknowledge the situation is there, and I acknowledge there's suffering involved. Like even if I'm saying, oh, I'm such a stupid cow because I ate that piece of cake. And I shouldn't have because I'm trying to lose weight. Then saying like, oh, hearing myself talk to myself in that way is also suffering. Like that must be quite painful to realize that you talk to yourself like you're a stupid cow. <laughs> oh gosh, I feel so self-conscious right now. <laughs> it sounds, I, I feel like it sounds cheesy, but actually it's so like, it should just be the basics of how we talk to ourselves. The, the, the intention here is to alleviate suffering and and so it doesn't have to be huge suffering you can also you can replace the word suffering with a struggle or whatever it just means like acknowledging that there is pain involved of some sort and saying hey what do i need right now what can i give myself rather than berating ourselves the second part so there's three com uh, components to self-compassion the first one is self-kindness as i just which i just spoke about in length the second one is common humanity and this is in contrast to isolation so often when we feel down on ourselves we we can think like i'm alone in this like i i, I struggle with depression i've said that in past episodes and often my thought is like why am I so worthless? Like, I feel so pathetic. Why can't I just get myself together? Everyone else is out there living these perfect lives, having their shit together, getting so much done, being so productive. And I'm here in my bed just feeling sorry for myself. And it's super isolating. It's like I'm completely on my own and everyone else has their shit together. But actually realizing the fact that I am having a hard time is not isolating because that is at the core of being human. Like, leading a human life is gonna include suffering and uh, pain and sadness and whatnot. Like, so actually, the fact that I am feeling some kind of pain, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be depression, it doesn't have to be trauma, you know, it can just be like, I don't know, I, I just said something stupid to my friend, now she's sad. Oh, fuck, I'm such an idiot. I'm the only one. Why do I keep saying things like that? I'm the only person on the planet who just can't get it together and speak to her friends normally. That's not true. The fact, like, everyone has those issues, um, maybe not the exact same ones, but has issues. Everyone is struggling with something and that connects us to each other. We also have, this is linked to this, but we have this weird idea that life should be going smoothly all the time and perfectly all the time. And if something goes wrong, like, oh my god, no, that shouldn't have happened. But actually, no, it is gonna happen. Like, life is not meant to be perfect. Things are not meant to go right all the time. So we keep berating ourselves as if like, oh, this, like, it should have all been perfect and I've messed it up. But no, it is gonna get messed up continuously. So just recognizing, oh, this is one of those moments. Um, like that, it connects us to each other. <laughs> we have never signed a contract saying we're gonna live our lives perfectly. It's impossible. So stop beating yourself up for fuck's sake. This was um an example of so of criticism rather than compassion. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And then the third, the third component of this thing is uh, mindfulness versus over-identification. I think there's two parts to the mindfulness. So on the one hand, the mindfulness means noticing that there is suffering in the first place, or there is pain, or some, you know, you feel bad um, in the first place because often we go through the day at least I do I don't know about you I can only talk for myself but I tend to go to the through the day and just feel shit and not really acknowledge that I feel shit I just keep trying to push it down because I'm like oh just get your shit together just get your shit together and it requires mindfulness to go hang on a second there is pain in my body Oh, uh, so so that's the first part of mindfulness. It's like actually becoming aware of the fact that we are feeling low or are feeling sad or are feeling bad about ourselves or whatever. Like that is the first part. And the other one is not over identifying with it. So I think this can be a concern as well when it comes to self-compassion that we worry that if I say acknowledge that I'm feeling low, then I'll get so wrapped up with my own pain and sadness that I won't do anything else anymore and poor me look at me I am so sad but actually being mindful is saying oh I'm feeling this thing but it doesn't create the entire storyline around you so it's, I think it's really important to not create a narrative and this is also the thing of like saying oh I've 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 done a boo-boo <laughs> I don't know is that I'm not sure what that means <laughs> okay it's saying like I've messed up versus I'm a mess. Like I've done something bad or or I am feeling depressed rather than I am depressed. I am a person that is depressed. I am a failure. No, I've done something. Like um, Christian Neff, who's a PhD professor who's researching uh, self-compassion in detail and whose book I've read uh, about this, she was saying like, <laughs> she was in the car once singing along to a song and she was like, oh, I'm a terrible singer. And her son in the back uh, of the car said, no, you, you're not a terrible singer. You just sing badly. And and it's so sweet. <laughs> like it shows that she taught him well, but she just like it also shows how hard it is for us once we have recognized it to actually like stay aware of it all the time. But I think it's such a crucial thing. And that's really part of the mindfulness thing of like of like separating ourselves from our actions and our feelings to the extent that we don't have to run away with a narrative. We don't have to run away with all the things that could go wrong and how we are so horrible and how I can never leave the house again. Like, no, this is something that went wrong. Now, what do I need to soothe myself, to nurture myself, to be a friend to myself in order to get through this? And also looking at it like honestly enough and saying, what could I have done differently? Like, how can I change my behavior next time so that doesn't happen again? But I think we first need to take care of ourselves before we are able to just look at it objectively. And actually, this is also then addressing a concern that I've mentioned earlier uh, in the episode, which is we are then actually more capable of being there for others because we are not so wrapped up with our own narrative and our own story of oh I'm terrible I'm terrible I'm terrible no we go oh I've done something that was not ideal this feels shit uh, I'm sorry you know what can I do to my like for myself to help me feel less shit and blah 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 and then when you feel a bit better you can also look at what could I have done differently and bam you're back on track and you're open to listening to other people's issues as well and you have the resilience and the strength to do that you don't have to stay wrapped up in your own storyline so it's actually the opposite of selfish if you ask me but nobody did but I still tell you here we go 
So another thing I would like to address with that, now that we have looked at the three components of self-compassion, so self-compassion is based on self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. We can sometimes think it's like self-esteem, but it's not. (laughs) There you go, I've said it. It's not goodbye, thanks for coming, I'll be here all week. Um, Because self-esteem is often linked to comparison, so... We have to be better than others in order to feel like we have value. I, The things I care about, I have to be really good at in order to feel like I have value, like I'm worth something and to have self-esteem. Self-compassion is not linked to comparison at all. Self-compassion is accepting myself the way I am and, um, and then being kind to myself. It brings with itself a certain sense of self-esteem because you feel confident in who you are, but it's not linked linked to these contingencies. (laughs) I don't know the word. I hope you get what I mean. It's not contingent on other things. You don't need to put other people down in order to feel good about yourself. It doesn't mean that if you failed at something, suddenly you've also lost your self-esteem. Self-compassion is just much more safe. (laughs) Like, it's just there. And actually, it comes into play exactly when we feel shit. Like, self-esteem we lose if we've done something bad. Self-compassion is there for us, waiting for us when we've done something bad. It's the thing that, like, catches us. It's like a safety net at the bottom. And we know, actually, we don't need other people to reassure us all the time because we know we're there to take care of ourselves. And we can go out into the world and take some risks because we know that if we take the wrong step or whatever, like, we are there to to nurture ourselves. Some of the benefits of self-compassion are well-being. <laughs> so this is still a podcast about uh, happiness. I have not changed that. And ironically, like trying to focus less on happiness and like focusing on uh, just soothing the pain is also linked to higher sense of, of well-being. It reduces anxiety and depression. It reduces stress and perfectionism. And perfectionism has been very tightly linked to depression as well. It reduces shame. But interestingly enough, it increases guilt. Like, the more self-compassionate you are, the more likely you are to feel guilt, so to acknowledge that you've done something wrong. But shame is um, a really negative emotion where you feel like you have to hide and it is isolating and all those things. Guilt is actually a really good emotion to have because it is acknowledging I've done something wrong without it being isolated, without uh, isolating, without it meaning you're now a terrible person and without it meaning you have to like run away from it or hide it from the people. Guilt is a really good thing to feel because it means you're probably gonna rectify whatever happened. So I found that an interesting differentiation to make. Yeah, so self-compassion increases guilt and decreases shame. Also, it increases body death. There are reductions proven in body dissatisfaction and eating disorders. It makes people happier more grateful and more optimistic. Which, if you've listened to my other podcasts, you know why those are all great things to have. Here's a a really interesting study that I really honestly find fascinating. And I know I always say I find studies fascinating, but this is incredible. They found that the level of self-compassion in soldiers returning from combat... Why can't I say that word? Combat. Combat. I don't know. Uh, That that was actually more predictive of their likelihood of developing PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder, then the level of exposure to combat. So 
the more self-compassionate the soldiers were, the more likely they were to avoid developing PTSD, um, even if they were exposed to more traumatic experiences than someone else with less self-compassion. So it really, really does help with trauma. It's meant like there is actually... Um, there are studies being done into uh, self-compassion linked to post-traumatic stress disorder. I think this is Paul Gilbert, his name is, who's doing that more specifically. I haven't read into it um, in detail yet because this episode is already long enough as it is, but I think that's really, really interesting. So trauma can be eased with self-compassion. So can problems with attachment, like if you struggle with your attachment styles because of trauma in early childhood or whatnot, um, self-compassion can help with all of those things and I might just be throwing terms at you here and I'm doing that consciously for the people that know what it is this is interesting and you can go on and do some research for those who don't it's uh, I'm not going to open that box right now because I'm already over time but I might do future episodes on it anyway it's it's fascinating finding so if you don't understand just trust me on this okay it's fascinating it's very good we 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 have less fear of failure if we're self-compassionate we're more likely to try again and persist with the things that we're trying to do we take more personal responsibility we're more motivated to repair past mistakes which is what i said earlier like we don't need to pretend that we didn't make a mistake in order to hold up our self-worth we're much more likely to exercise eat well visit a doctor or have overall healthier behavior because asking ourselves what do i need right now because here's another thing one of the concerns is if i ask myself what do i need right now if i'm self-compassionate then i'll just stay in bed all the time but actually if you're a caring mother uh, and you you know you can be compassionate to your child or if you're a compassionate friend you're probably not going to say hey i think what you should do right now is eat lots of cake and stay in bed all day and do nothing at all or you have like this broken ankle and what i think you should do is do nothing because you're afraid of doctors no if you're actually compassionate you're gonna give the advice that is helpful to the person and so you're more likely to actually engage in healthy behavior you're also much more giving to others and you're more uh, intimate with people so basically with self-compassion we have the opportunity to reparent ourselves so we can be our own parent and we can help ourselves get through trauma get through pain nurture ourselves be caring towards ourselves and just be that stable parental figure to ourselves that we might need in certain moments studies even show that it helps with your immune function and it reduces symptoms of diabetes so there's actually like there's actually quite concrete like health benefits to adopting self-compassion in your in your life. Also, the inner critic um, should be looked at with self-compassion. I'm just I'm just gonna say this as a last thing. Like we tend to once we start to look into self-compassion, berate ourselves for berating ourselves. So we add yet another one on top. So before we were feeling pain. And then we were judging ourselves for feeling the pain. And now we can have a tendency to also judge ourselves for judging ourselves for feeling the pain. So we're just, it's just a double whammy. Um, but the self-critic does serve a function. It's there for a reason. So holding even the self-critic with self-compassion is like a really useful thing to do because it's trying to tell you something. You've probably learned this behavior, this voice in your childhood and it was trying to protect you from something it's like it's shouting like you don't do that you're going to die you're going to die and you're just going shut up shut up shut up shut up and the more you ignore the voice the louder it's gonna scream because it's like you're not listening to me you're going to die so pushing it away is not gonna
going to help acknowledging the voice. Like, <laughs> this is going to sound very woo-woo right now, but even like thanking the voice and saying like, I, I, I understand that you're trying to help me right now, but... I have learned better ways of dealing with this situation. So thank you for what you're trying to do, but I've got this, is more likely to make it go away than uh, trying to push it away. So for example, my self-critic uh, goes, if you make yourself small, if you tell everybody how shit you are, they're not going to attack you. Because that's what I learned when I was small. You know, like, just you already you already play the victim, then, then they have nothing left to attack. And that was useful when I was a kid, is not so useful today. So I can say, hey, thank you so much. I know you're noticing a, a, a threat here and you're trying to protect me, but this is not the useful way of going about it right now. I've got this. So just talk to yourself is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 cool. All right, I think, I mean, I do have so much more that I want to say about this, but I won't because I don't want this episode to last a million years. Um, but I will, however, end this with an exercise again because I've promised that's what I would do. So that's what I'll do. Here's an exercise you can use at home. Um, one, if you just want to take it easy, just do a small small thing for yourself because it, I, I understand that this is a lot to wrap your head around potentially if you've never been kind to yourself before it could feel a bit touchy-feely so maybe just look at the three components of self-compassion which were kindness connection and mindfulness and look at what you could say to yourself next time you feel badly about yourself next time you hear your inner critic think about those three components and see maybe have like a little mantra or something you could say to yourself that involves all, all three things oh i am suffering maybe you can even put a hand on your heart or or give yourself a hug or just give yourself some physical reassurance oh i notice that there is suffering going on that must be really hard i'm sorry you're feeling that way no 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 failing is um, part of of being human you know this is not isolating this is connecting you to everybody else else and also like this is just something that I did it doesn't define me and so on like maybe just find your own little thing and then ask yourself what do I need right now what what do I need right now to make me feel better not to make the thing go away like let it allow it to stay with you but just see like what could you do for yourself do you need like a hot bath do you need to go for a run like do you need to call up a friend what do you need right now to make yourself feel better. The other exercise is maybe a bit more niche. You might uh, struggle with letting yourself do that, but I've done it at home in my living room and I found it really useful. So there you go. If I can do it, so can you. Don't know what that was, but anyway. Get three chairs, put them down facing each other and one chair is for the critic, for your inner critic. The other chair is for the criticised and the other chair is for the observer. And now have your critic talk, like, so sit in a different chair for all of those. And you kind of are talking to yourself. I know it sounds really weird, but it's really useful. So sit down in your critic's chair and talk to your person, talk to your criticized and tell them all the things you hate about yourself. Like, tell them everything that comes to mind. And maybe, you know, it's going to take a while. Like, give it time. Just say whatever comes to mind. Then sit down in the chair of the criticized and answer to that. Uh, answer to your um, critic and how you feel and how it makes you feel and why you behave the way you do and so on and so on. And you can keep going back and forth until you're done. And then finally sit in the observer chair and talk to both of them and say what you saw from an objective point of view and maybe you will find a solution to yourself and give yourself time afterwards to reflect on what you've noticed what has come up maybe even the critic is someone you know you know like maybe it helps you realize where where that voice came from um i mean that was a quite a 
Oh boy. Oh boy, did I lose a lot of listeners right now. <laughs> but thanks for sticking with it. Um, I had a good time. I know I talked a lot and very quickly, but I, I, I just find it really interesting. Maybe I'll do another episode on it. Please tell me what you thought of it. Please tell me if there was anything that wasn't clear or if I should do another episode specifically on something you want to hear more about. Uh, please get in touch with me because I always like interacting and um, check out all the other episodes on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you want on rtl.lu. So thanks again so much for listening. It's great to be back. It's great to have you back. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, talk to you soon. Goodbye.